all profit is value extraction. And that means that all profit is theft from you. Corporate America is on welfare, and, and they you've got to get them off welfare. Hi, right, welcome to Cars and Comrades, your leftist car podcast. My name is Bryant. We've got Connor, Zach, and Brandon here today. How are y'all all doing? Doing well. Good. Fucking great. Awesome. So we're going to pick back up where we left off on trikes in a little bit here, but I think we're going to do project car updates. And I think, I think Brandon, it's your turn for that. Does that sound right? Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. I'm pretty easy because um, I've basically done nothing on any of my own personal projects. I started tinkering on a couple of my motorcycles that I'm going to try and get back on the road this season. Um, But the bigger update is that, um, one, I'm down to 11 cars. Wow. One of my vans is officially scrapped. Oh. No, no, it's fine. Um, Because several of the vans that I own were the the lot that I bought at a, a junkyard. And so the one that there was nothing left to pull off of it really uh, has been scrapped. I didn't know that they were scrapping it, but the guy knew that I was done with it. So I just went back to the junkyard over the weekend and saw that it was gone. And I was like, all right, cool. Now my number's one one tick lower. But uh, next weekend, we have come up with a plan for extracting the three that I'm going to be removing from the junkyard. Cool. So then then the remaining two there will be scrapped, and I will be down to nine cars. That's progress. Um, And we'll have three, like, half-rotted early Chevys that I can start working on. One of them, I legitimately think I am going to gut the interior, like, cut out the floor pans, build, like, a really, like, rudimentary, like, simple, uh, like, like frame for it, and just build it just to do burnouts. Nice. (laughs) Like, like just slam it, give it like a couple of inches of, of clearance and just, it'll be a trailer queen that I can pull off the trailer and smoke the tires and head home. Well, that'll get, ex- that'll get expensive quick. Uh, I know those tires are not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Is that like for like burnout competitions like they do in Australia or at car um, shows or what? Fun. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where I'll be doing this. It's just right. what my heart desires. <laughs> yeah, no, that's legit. Cool. Um, oh, yeah. So we're going to pull those out, and then I can start having more projects than I already have. All right. Yeah, I think that's what I really needed. So you're just making room for more projects? Yes. Okay. It seem, well, you know, it seems wise. We'll, let's, we'll check in later to see how that's going. Well, the, the goal is to, to maybe clean one of them up and actually try and get it back on the road one day. One of them I want to turn into a trailer, and one of them I will build to try and just do burnouts with. So are you going to like pull the front end off and just put a trailer hitch on the front of it, or how are you going to do that? What do you mean? Turn it into a trailer? Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to try and um, do the actual... like body work to like close up the front end and make it look like match all the body lines and everything. 
And then, yeah, just uh, link the sub, like the do like a subframe sort of trailer hitch thing. And, um, you know, very cool. Have at it so that, so that I can tow like my early trailer with my early vans. Nice. nice. Are you going to do it like yeah. a, a matched pair with one of the vans? Make it look. Yeah. You know, oh, that would be that, that would that would be the goal. That's fucking awesome. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. I'm into it. You should do that one first. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now I still have my, both of my other early van projects that I'm working on, so I'm going to do those first. I'm still working on the restoration for my 69. You, I actually should how, I was going to I was huh? going to ask, how do you prioritize this? Do you have like a like a spinny wheel that you just like pull the pull it down and see I'm, which one you're going to work on or I'm massively ADD. I prioritize all of them intermittently. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, I've, se- I've seen that like, at work, so I, I get it. Uh, I should have given you a, a tour of my shop. There's, I think, five active projects in there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I'm never afraid to start more. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows the best way to get projects done is to just start a bunch and then <laughs> split your time between all of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I am actually prioritizing my 69 Chevy right now because that's like my baby. That was that's literally my first classic. And it's what got me into cars like kind of weirdly later in life, as I've discussed here before. So um, I've it was one of those projects that seemed impossible when uh, like six years ago. But I've learned how to do so much stuff in the last few years. That like when I actually started cutting into it and like working on it a, a couple of weeks ago, I realized that the only thing that I was think think I was going to actually struggle with is a part that I was actually able to find somebody to make for me. Everything else I don't think is going to be that big of a problem or headache for me. So um, I'm actually going to try and get it into my shop tomorrow and double down and see if I can't have the body work done by like June. Wow. Or not like cool. by June, but like, you know, or hopefully early June. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's a big endeavor, but I think it's doable, especially since I am technically unemployed right now. Yeah. yeah that probably helps. I just like, my goal was to try and treat this project like it's my job. Just strip all the fun out of it, not enjoy anything. <laughs> um, I like, you know, have one of my friends come and tell me how I'm not doing a good job and uh, how I re- am bad at everything or something. Well, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say I can call you every once in a while and just be like, "Hey, man, you've really been slacking lately, and I need to pick you to pick it up." Uh, yeah, it's it's just been disappointing. Every once in a while, it'd be yeah. nice maybe if somebody, you know, I, I'd volunteer. You know, maybe I can message you and say. Hey, you know, just want to let you know we're a family here and get you, I order you pizza, <laughs> but then also talk about how, you know, Hey, we're all gonna, gonna have to tighten the belt here. So anything you could do to help, help the team is much appreciated. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're struggling. I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. <laughs> I'll get you one of those signs that says, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. <laughs> Oh, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's me. I've, I'm, I'm technically, these were all already projects that I owned. I just now will actually be able to, oh, I'm going to have to figure out how to get titles for them. Whatever, yeah. fuck it. I won't really need a title for the burnout machine or the trailer. I'll just, so I'll just figure out that last one. Yeah. 
Or just play like musical plates with it since I already have several other registered earlies. Yeah. I've I've seen people do that. Or just uh move to Montana. I don't know a lot about that, but I have a friend who everything he has is registered in Montana. Yeah. Do you just have to have like a PO box there or something? Or can you I, just I'm not sure. I, I know it's pretty lax. I don't it's Florida is similar too, I think. But I know I know a lot of the um, skylines in the U.S. and GTRs are registered in Florida or Montana because they wouldn't be legal in other states. Hmm. Interesting. And sometimes they get, you know, confiscated and crushed anyways. But. Uh, but yeah, that, that's me, Brian. What you been up to? Uh not a whole lot. I've been busy with work and family stuff uh, lately, so I haven't had any time to work on my car. But uh, I did want to shout out a couple things. I've uh, been listening to a lot of the new King Gizzard album, which is pretty stellar. Got some weird shit on it, but some good stuff too. So that's kind of the thing, <laughs> as isn't usual. Yes. Yeah. And I also wanted to shout out the uh, Anarcho Mechanics podcast or Anarcho Text. Yeah, it was Anarcho Text. So there's another leftist car podcast out there now. Well, hold on. All right, They're... don't be so don't be so nice. I mean, they called us out. They were like, "Hey, we're squaring up. Yeah, we're ca- <laughs> we're calling you out." And it's like, "Well, we can't be too nice." I was gonna. Uh, okay. Oh, wait, wait do we have actual beef with them, or are we just playing beef with them? Shh. You're not. Don't say it on the air. Just you know. <laughs> I look. I got some beef. They, there was some talk of like fox bodies and they were against fox bodies and stuff and i'm just oh saying, yeah no i have to take issue with yeah that. i'm yeah. like look yeah, if yeah. you want to get your your you know leftist car podcast with that kind of talk i mean pff, that's that's them over there well i actually i only have two issues with fox don't bodies, say so don't Ford do this on our podcast now we can't we just took a stance you <laughs> we can't critically support <laughs> fox bodies okay yeah <laughs> critical support for fox bodies that's that's a good point yeah they're they're terrible cars and they're ugly but i still want one you know <laughs> i don't think they're ugly i think they look great but i have a friend who's very into them so they I, they've admittedly grown on me yeah <laughs> i've seen custom ones that looked amazing but i think bone stock they're just dog shit ugly the early ones are real ugly i gotta say but Maybe, yeah, I don't really know cool. like the distinction between years. And okay, all. well, no, I, I kind of want an an SVO with the turbo four cylinder. Those are those pretty are cool. cool with the like asymmetrical hood scoop. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I know that if you take a Fox body and drop a six liter LS in it, you have a, a rocket just out of the box. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, that's if you yeah. put an LS in just about anything. <laughs> Fox bodies don't weigh anything. Well, yeah, that, that that helps. Well, anyway, well, I guess uh, I guess we can't have that beef anymore because we also are not super <laughs> into the fox bodies here. So I don't know. Go check them out. They're you know anarchist mechanic types, and yeah, yeah, seemed cool. I liked Wait, it. No, they're hold on. They're anti fox body. We critically support fox body. Leftists have invited over way less difference than that in the past we can absolutely have beef over them being slightly more critical of fox body mustangs than we are yeah yeah there's only one ford i like it's mine and i hate it (laughs) yeah i almost missed recording today because of that fucking thing yeah i go and run one quick errand and i come back out and it won't start oh yeah i hate that when you're at the store or something in the parking lot you're like oh come on not now do this at home. And uh, 
You're embarrassing me in public, man. Come on. There are people watching. I actually think that when that happens, it's just me living up to exactly what people assume when they see me. Everyone in that store just went, yep. (laughs) Do you figure out what was wrong with it? or Um, Something is up with my carb. Um, Uh And I haven't decided what to do to fix it, whether I just want to spend a few bucks to replace it, try and actually fix it, or just go ahead and prioritize the project of building a new intake for it. Um, yeah. Because I want to like make a custom intake for it because none of the ones I can buy will fit inside the tiny compartment for the engine. Oh, yeah. And also they're expensive for some reason. Like the simplest thing on earth and they're all like five and $600. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, fuck it. I'm just gonna build one. I know how to weld aluminum. Sounds like a good plan. Well, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Connor, I think it's your turn, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's me. Uh, I'm pretty easy, uh, this week, uh, because I didn't do very much. I managed to get the, uh, summer wheels onto the car and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) put the summer wheels on so i'm not driving around on the winter tires anymore so that's good they're clean for now um but i have i have those um back long ago when i did the brakes last time i put on like trackhawk pads like you know fucking i don't know they're supposed to be really good for for the track um like like from a jeep no, no, they're, um, I think that's what they're called, uh, track hawk, they're brake pads, they're, like, fairly just aggressive. Just, like, hawk, hawk performance, like, yeah, hawk I, something like that. in their track series? Yeah, I... Because I know hawk makes pads. God, I don't fucking, it's been so know, long. I don't know track hawk, if that's a different thing. Yeah, maybe, but, yeah. I don't remember, the point is, people were recommending them when I was looking years ago, and honestly... I don't think they stop the car any fucking better and they produce a fuckload of dust. So my wheels are always very, very dirty. So I think when I do brakes, which I'm almost certainly going to have to do this year, I'm going to try and get something. I'm, I think I'm going to go with ceramic brakes, low brake dust. Yeah, I was uh, you know, say, are they Ooh. metallic? The the ones you have on there? Yeah. I think they're like, you know, some kind of carbon metallic blend or something. It's like just, it puts off this awful, awful dust that is just impossible to keep clean on my white wheels like (laughs) yeah and it's i mean white wheels just look so much better than anything else on that car um so yeah i just i don't want to deal with that shit anymore and i don't think they stop the car any better now are you talking ceramic brake pads or rotors pads yeah i can't afford rotors like that that's (laughs) yeah that's uh that's that's crazy shit No, no no i'm gonna get uh i am gonna get rebuildable rotors though like the kind where you just like replace the outer ring or whatever Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Because I did find a set of like lightweight rotors that are, you know, rebuildable like that. And I was like, oh, that seems cool. You know, that seems like a good, uh, good way to go. It would help if I could reduce some of the unsprung weight because yeah. my shit is just outrageous. And I've got those big 10 and a half wide wheels front and back. I, I'm going to try and find something smaller to put on the front because um, I just, I don't need that kind of. You know, I'm not putting tires wide enough for that, so I'm just gonna downsize a bit. Plus, I can't turn all the way. Like when I go full lock, uh, I start rubbing on stuff, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> so you can see. I was gonna say, yeah, 
I'm surprised you're running a square setup on a drift car. That doesn't seem um, that is very common. That is because I bought the wheels off of somebody who happened to have them with new tires on them for 700 bucks, and I was like, done deal. I will fucking take it. Um, yeah. And I would get... They discontinued this particular wheel, so I can't just like get smaller ones for the front. So, yeah, I have to, in the future, I don't know, find a new wheel setup, but... Uh, new wheel setups are very, very expensive. So kind of just like, tell me about it. Yeah. And I <laughs> just purchased one for my uh, WRX. Uh, it's, yeah. And I'm so much money. You know, I, I'm just trying to decide what I want to do for wheels too, because like there's that part of me that wants some nice, like work wheels. And I know exactly which ones I want. I'm just like, ah, but no, they're just, I'm not at that point this year. I don't think so. I almost just need to find something temporary. Maybe I could just throw something up front. We'll see. I don't know. But summer wheels are... I'm, I'm having problems with the front brakes on my Ford van. And it's four-way drums. So I've been thinking, fuck it. Now's the time. Just go ahead and upgrade to uh, like uh, disc, disc yeah. brakes. And uh, I don't know why I couldn't think of disc brakes for a second. But um, the problem that I'm encountering is that because I have 14-inch oh, rims yeah. that, on that that's van. That's going to be tough. I, I will probably have to upgrade my rims already. And I think that the rims that are on there are like, I don't know, it's, it's, they're not crazy expensive, but I would just basically be rebuying the same ones I already have, but in 15 inch. And so I don't want to spend like seven or eight or $900 or whatever to have the same wheels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus it, it goes from like a two or $300 upgrade to like, I don't know, like twelve to fifteen hundred dollars. Oh yeah, definitely. After like wheels and tires, absolutely. Like oh van, fucking Ford, goddamn it. Yeah. So I'm in the I'm in the boat where I just I want to get different pads that aren't going to be so fucking dirty. I need different wheels at some point, but like right now, that's pretty much where I'm at. I was going to adjust my rear drum brakes because I'm pretty sure that those are not adjusted properly. I the last time I did it, I like was in the pits at the track trying to like get the fucking handbrake working a little bit better. And I think I just, I think I got only one making contact at a time or something. Cause it sucks now. I'm just like, like mm. when I, if I park on a Hill, even the slightest fucking incline, I've got to put it in gear. So it's like, okay. Um, so I, th- my, my MR2 has the mechanical handbrake on the, on the disc brakes, no drum or oh, whatever. Okay, yep. It's it's terrible. I have to keep it in gear all the time or it'll roll yeah. backwards, you know. Yeah, so I got it's happened a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> um so like the last event I went to, like I was like, man, I'm just like not a practice with the handbrake anymore. Like I just can't get it to uh in- initiate a drift with the handbrake, but uh, I'm pretty sure the truth is it's not engaging very well and so it's not like my skill that's the problem. It's the the drum brakes that suck. So who knows? I may replace those, but I, I'm gonna try and adjust those soon. Um, it's not me. It's the car. I would say the yeah. same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's always a good feeling, but it's kind of bittersweet when you're the one that's done all the work on the car. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm not a shitty driver. My car's fucked up. I'm like, oh, fuck, I fucked the car up though. Yeah. I'm not a shitty, shitty driver. I'm a shitty mechanic. Well, yeah. and that's the thing. I don't know how much more adjustment I can actually do. Like, I think I might've already been at the like last amount of adjustment I have on those drum brakes. Like, cause that cable stretched and shit. I mean, pulling that handbrake for fun is not easy on the car. So, <laughs> yeah. who knows? I mean, how much would a how much would a hydro setup be? 
Is that just like absurd? That's a sore subject. It... Um, I okay. have a hydro. Well, I'm going to tell you about it now. I have a hydro okay. set up in the car. It has never worked. Um, yeah, it's, I have bled the shit out of it and it just, and it's a hack job anyway. Like I have the fucking, I had a friend make up a bracket and I put it onto the trans tunnel. It works fine. I mean, like it does work, but I think I have the angle just a little bit wrong so that like it hits the dash. If you hit the regular brakes, it'll like come up and hit the dash. But I think it's like not enough room for it to like fully, um, have travel in the, uh, master cylinder and so like i think that's part of it like i've just never been able to get it to work like it'll technically like it'll grab but like not enough if i'm trying to go into a, a slide it's not gonna it's not strong enough for that unless maybe it's rainy but that's that's unpredictable shit so um i'm going to change that soon i will probably have it professionally done because my hack job has been in that car for like four years and it's never worked and i'm just like back to the stock handbrake uh as a temporary thing but it's like you know there are better hand like there's better setups now that have come out that like mount right onto the center console like right next to the shifter like they've made a nice kit it's like 300 bucks and i'm like ooh, that sounds real nice i can have someone else fucking bleed the shit out of it like with a proper vacuum bleeder and all that you know I should be able to do it, but I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I did it in the wrong order or something. I don't know. But yes, I have a hydro setup and it does not work. We'll have another soon, but it's nice to have the backup for the regular handbrake. Cause like I've, I've had that for years and it worked great. So yeah. Yeah. I need to, I need to do the brakes on both of my cars pretty soon here. I think they're so expensive. I, I don't want to do brakes ever. Cause I'm just like, Oh, it's money. <laughs> But I mean, last time, I think the rotors on my MR2 were like 25 bucks each and the pads were around the same per wheel. So like it's pretty cheap for if you just want the basic shit that's going to like warp in six months or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But see, I'm always using the performance stuff. So it's always like, all right, you know, ooh, yeah. OK, do I have a. You know, do I've got 800 bucks to drop this weekend? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's all I got. I'm, I'm, I'm done. But yeah, just mostly just me complaining about regular stuff. Yep. Yeah, usually how it goes. I, I have so many things to complain about all the time. <laughs> on all my vehicles being shitty, but I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, real quick before I get into my shit. Uh, Brandon, I know a lot of uh, like early well no like mid to late 70s ford granadas had disc brakes in the front and i don't know if that's swappable into your van but i've seen people swap them onto early mustangs and cougars and stuff do you know scarebird uh no i'm not familiar uh they're a company that makes these like adapter kits for everything and basically what they do is they sell you a bracket to um and then tell you like what discs and uh calipers will It'll, it'll tell you what uh, disc and calipers to run on them. So the brackets, I think, are usually like 150-ish bucks, and it okay. comes with some of some of the uh, like hardware and other other stuff. And then it's just like it's a really good budget option because, like, it'll be like the di- the like discs off of like whatever model of truck where they're like e- easily available and not expensive. 
roughly the same thing with calipers. Um, I want to say I priced it out that the front disc conversion was going to be like under 300 bucks. Oh, okay. That's not too bad. Yeah. I knew my dad had a Mercury Cougar that he just pulled a Granada out of the junkyard to just to get the disc brakes out of, and then he sold some shit off of the car as well. But I know they just bolted right up. That's been like 15 years ago now, but I think he spent like 700 bucks on the car and got the disc brakes out of it and then sold the motor and rear end and some other shit and pretty much broke even. So I know you're kind of a junkyard guy. I figured I'd see if you knew about, you know, the compatibility there, but sounds like you got a pretty solid plan already. Yeah. It's just a matter of doing it. Like one of my drums is so seized up that I can't get the actual drum off. So I'm going to have to like build or rent one of the tools to, to pull it off. And that, that's the one that's like causing me problems. The other day, it was it was so fucked up that I couldn't stop going downhill because one that that one wheel is engaging like immediately, and it's making it harder for the rest of them to engage or something. So I literally dragged one of my wheels down a hill. I live in the fucking mountains, man. Like I can't be like having this shit. So and also, uh, uh, disc brakes were an option on these vans. Okay. So like if I wanted to, I could also just track down the, the proper parts, but the conversion kit's so like easy and straightforward that I'm just going to go that route. I'm, I'm all for nice. kits. When they sell it as a kit, I'm like, cool. I don't have to do any of the other bullshit <laughs> when it's like, usually I'm like, this kit's a hundred dollars and I could build it for $80 with just uh 40 hours worth of work. So I'll do that. <laughs> That's, I mean, to me, I'm just like, I'm always looking at it. I'm like, uh, I will take, I will pay for the convenience when I do research on what it would take to do it. I'm like, I mean, I'm going to look up the kit to do it. <laughs> That's my research. You know that when you were listening to dead Kennedys and they said, give me convenience or give me death. It was not, it was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stand by, I stand by my stance. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's not even always convenience. Sometimes it's simply like you only have so much time. Yeah. You sometimes you have to prioritize what to do yourself. It's not like I'm building like a million dollar like Riddler car, like that crazy high end custom stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm just trying to have something that is really cool, but like is on the road soon. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of being on the road soon. <laughs> Because I'll get into all my bullshit. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, the Ranger, I think, is the same position that it was in last time we talked. Still just waiting on the transmission shop to finish uh, what they were doing uh, to rebuild the transmission after it overheated. Uh, but I did drop a new auxiliary cooler and a temp gauge into the truck nice. that will be ready to be hooked up once the <clears throat> once the transmission's back in the truck. Just as some peace of mind, really just for the next person that has it, just so I can kind of clean my hands of the situation and and do it in a good, clear conscience and just be like, hey, you know, it's got an auxiliary cooler. It's brand new. It's got a temp gauge. Keep your eye on the transmission temp. It did overheat once. Good fucking luck, buddy. <laughs> and and hopefully get rid of that thing soon. But um, yeah, since I have, I mean, I wouldn't call this podcast a platform but you know a couple people listen to it if you're ever in castle rock colorado and you need transmission work um, and you're considering h&m 
automotive and transmissions, stay the fuck away. <laughs> fuck them assholes. I hate them so fucking much. They uh, informed me after four weeks of no contact, me trying to get a hold of them. I finally got a hold of someone who's not the guy working on my transmission for him to tell me, yeah, man, I think the dude's got one more box of parts to come in uh, like today or tomorrow, and then he'll have your transmission done. Uh, had no idea what he was doing on the transmission before this. Never spoke to me about what parts he was going to purchase, what the issue was with the transmission at all. Just went ahead and fucking did it, which I guess if we had spoken at first and I was like, get it done ASAP, whatever it takes, that's fine. But no, what I specifically said to the guy was, hey, man, let me know what's going on with the transmission when you find out so that I could I can, you know, determine if it's worth yeah. giving you a shitload <laughs> of money to rebuild a transmission for a piece of shit truck. And uh, he just ignored all that shit and went ahead and did it. And now I have no idea what it's going to cost because I did finally get a hold of the guy and asked him, hey, man, do you have like an estimate on how much this is going to cost me? And he said, nah, I won't know until I get, I get that other box of parts. What the fuck? What does the receiving of parts have anything to do with the cost? You're like, you already paid for them, I assume. It doesn't change yeah. the work at all. Oh, that's nope. that's hack shit. That is hack shit right there. Yeah, that's yeah. like when I get really high and order car parts, and then I kind of forgot <laughs> what I ordered, or and I'm like, like, well, I don't know how much this is going to be until a part random parts show up, and I know what I'm doing. With them. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. yeah, it's like that, like stoner fuck it level of bullshit, but from you know a company that I'm giving money. I to. think the I think there's um that is a thing that a lot of shops I think will do to kind of hold you hostage. It's kind of like, yeah. hey, I know you're you've given me this transmission from a piece of shit car that you really don't want to put any money into. I better go ahead and order parts and get this shit done so that you don't decide against fixing it because they want here's, the money. Yeah. Here's the thing. And I mean, like you guys can, you know, tell me I'm being a piece of shit if I'm being a piece of shit. But uh, if the dude comes back with a quote, that's like, much over $500, I'm going to be like, yeah, congratulations on owning a four day four LD transmission. Now, buddy, I'm going to go yank one out of the junkyard and put it in the truck. You can fucking have, it. I thought there was already like a newer transmission though, that you ordered, right? Oh, it was. Yeah. This is the one that uh, I bought a rebuilt. Cause I, okay. Try to make a long story short here. I had an a four LD in the truck that blew up. I got rid of it. I thought a more modern, for our 55e that's stronger would fit in the truck which it does fit in it bolts in but since it's completely electronically controlled i would have hacked have to have hacked in a more modern ecu to control the transmission so i was like fuck it i can't use that transmission so i got rid of that one so then i didn't have a core for the original one so i ordered a rebuilt a4ld from a company it cost me like two thousand dollars thereabouts a little over to have shipped to my house got that in that's the one that blew up. Now I'm having that rebuilt transmission that I ordered for two grand rebuilt by this shop who has not spoken to me for a month and just went ahead and bought parts and started to rebuild it without my knowledge or approval. I mean, I'll tell you that's, right now. That's about all the information. I will tell I you right do. now it's going to be more than 500. So I'm just saying. Yeah. So that's already a lot of money you put into it. I would, I would see... I think within reason, a thousand or twelve hundred, really, before you start 
Yep. I mean, that's just the reality. Um, Cause rebuilding a transmission is always expensive. I, I don't think it's ever cheap. Yeah. yeah. That's about how much they quoted me when I asked uh, someone to rebuild a manual transmission for me, but no, I don't know how it is. Yeah. No, you think? manuals should not be that much money. It, it was around a thousand, I think. Uh, you know, it does depend on what happened. That was, one of the reasons that I don't think that you're too far off base, Zach, is it's not like you were like doing burnouts and you know sent one of the planetary gears into outer space. Like, yeah, you probably just destroyed the clutch packs. Yep, that's what I'm thinking happened, and that's why I use the term rebuild loosely. This should not be like a full transmission rebuild, which is why I wanted the guy to fucking tell me what he was gonna do before he did shit, yeah. so I could kind of get a feel for what it would be and then maybe stop him from doing the work, you know, like be a good person about it and be like, nah, bro, don't worry about it. I'll come pick it up. You know, no harm, no foul. Yeah, no, I'll pay you for your time for checking it out. No, he's already sent it all. Yeah. He's trying to keep, hold you hostage. Down the river. They do that all the time. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a common thing that they'll do is like, Oh, it's already yeah. done. Yeah. They, they do that. And then of course, so I, I've heard those kinds of chops, like talk shit about people like, Oh man, I did all this work and then they didn't want to pay for it. It's like, did you tell them you were doing all that work? Like, did they exactly? Yeah, they did they agree to the work? Did they say, hey, man, I get it? Like, yes, go ahead. And yeah, in their heads, in their heads, that's always how it goes. And I'm like, yeah, people want to know what shit's going to cost before they decide. Like, that's a part of the decision making process. Yep. There is the problem with car stuff where it, it escalates quickly. Mm-hmm. And unexpectedly sometimes. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I think saying I'll pay you to, to check this out and figure out what's wrong and then I'll go from there is the most rational possible thing you can oh, yeah. say. Like, 100%. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, maybe I wasn't completely clear on that. I was just like, hey, man, I think it overheated. Can you look at it and let me know? Maybe I should have been very, very direct, like said exactly those words. I will pay you to tell me what is wrong with it before you do anything. But yeah, that's not what happened. That's not what's happening. And I'm very much on the edge of like, well, if this is going to be an absurd amount of money, I might just tell him to keep the fucking thing and never talk to him again. Because I'm a little pissed off that he literally didn't speak to me for a month and I called him several times. Left voicemails, nothing. Finally got a hold of somebody else at the shop. Just I mean, for them to be like, oh, yeah, I think he's almost done, dude. Like, what the fuck, man? Well, <laughs> like, if, yeah, if you're um, it, I get not wanting to have them finish up or whatever and like go and I wouldn't leave the transmission with them, though. That's a fucking present. I mean, I would I would pick that shit up with parts or whatever. Be like, I will pay for parts. I will pay you for the time you put in. But like, give me my shit back. I'll take it somewhere else. Like, that's the thing that like the last thing I had heard was him being like, yeah, the the last box of parts is just like a couple things is supposed to come in today. This was, I think Thursday. So uh, two business days ago, as we're recording this and and that was going to be it. So, I mean, you know, what would I save in, in parts and, and labor costs versus just getting the complete transmission at this point, you know, if I would have stopped him dead in his tracks there and just been like, no, wait, don't do anything or just let him finish and then see what it's going to be. Because at this point, the the transmission's essentially done. So I'm either paying the full price or just tell him to fucking keep it. Do you remember when Brian from Street Fight had the saga where they put a new transmission in his car that when it didn't need it? Yeah. Oh, the Kia or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was like, I think there's something wrong with the transmission. So they replaced the transmission without diagnosing anything. <laughs> right, oh my god. And it wasn't the transmission trying <laughs> not a mechanic. His, his cat was clogged, so they replaced the transmission. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Uh, yeah, I think I missed that whole saga. That's fucked up. To his credit, he he like actually like dealt with it enough that I think that they comped it because it really? wasn't. I, th- I think that's what how it worked. I, out. I think the dealership had to eat because he went to the dealership. I think uh, the Steelership. Oh. Yeah, and yeah, they had they had to like comp it because yeah, they just did the wildly wrong fucking thing because he was like, I don't know, it might be this. Yeah, that was yeah, the yeah. whole. Um, he he was he. Had, this saga was going on so long and got so involved. I think it was um, like the editor in chief of Jalopnik or something was like in touch yes. with him. Yeah, and he was <laughs> yeah he was gonna like write up a story about about it and so yeah it was a whole thing. Um, yeah, shit. somebody a, a writer for Jalopnik called the dealership like I'm doing a story about how you're my friend <laughs> off for like all this thousands of dollars, and they're like, oh fuck. <laughs> Uh, yeah it was uh that that was honestly that would be a sick episode if we if we could get brian to like come talk about that that would be generally just how fucking scammy like dealerships and mechanics and shit can be sometimes yeah 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 it it made me never want to have a a hyundai or a kia again you know yeah i i actually used to i won't say that i like encourage people to buy kias but they're very affordable cars yeah and uh, between that whole deal and making friends with, like, a guy who was a tech for Kia, like a head tech at Kia for a minute, he was like, yeah, don't ever fucking buy a Kia. I don't know. I, I, Only- I think every every tech at any place will be like, don't buy this car. I work. And I'm like, you see all the broken. Oh, ones. no, he, he will absolutely tell you which cars are good and which cars are okay. bad. And he says, do not. Get-. He, he's like Toyota all day long. Lexus, do it. Uh, Kia, do not. Because uh, the way he looked at it, I, for, I forget the specific terminology he used, but it was basically like the cost of buying the car versus the cost of like overall, you know, like you might buy the car for 20 grand, but if you then spend 20 grand on it in the next five years versus just buy a 30 grand car that you then spend like, you know, basic maintenance, a thousand, couple thousand bucks over five years, you have actually spent $8,000 less. Yeah. Yeah, he he was hardcore. Like, buy a Toyota, buy a Lexus. Do not buy a Kia. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there you have it. I mean, that said, I kind of want a Stinger GT. Those are pretty cool. But <laughs> they are. they're very cool. <laughs> yeah. Or, or a Veloster N. Any of those high performance ones. I kind of feel like if you're a car guy, you get to be exempt from that stuff because you're like, yeah, well, I'm gonna have to fix a lot, but I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. I want what I want, and I'll fix it when it breaks. Yeah, exactly. but like if you're just a, if you're just a motherfucker that's driving to work every day and you don't want to deal with that shit or don't know how to deal with that shit, then no, don't buy a fucking Kia. Yeah, that's that's a good way to. Yeah, I've like I've got a sweet spot for um, three thousand GTS. They're they're a bitch to own, but like they're so oh, pretty. Yeah. They're heavy as shit. <laughs> they're not like actually that fast, but they're so they're so fucking cool. They're so cool. And they're terrible. They're so to work futuristic. On. Yeah, like it's hard to work. They're, they're breaking all the time, but I love them. I fucking love them. <laughs> there's there's one of those parked on the street two blocks from me. Oh man, is it a VR4? I'm I'm not sure. I've only seen it without the cover on once. 
It's sitting on four flat tires, so I don't think about it. <laughs> In its natural right. habitat. <laughs> I always think of, uh, wasn't it Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force had one of those? Did he? Did he? I don't remember. I think it was a, uh, uh, maybe it was a Dodge Stealth or whatever. It had the two wicked airbrushed on the side. Hold on. Oh, man. I, I'm curious. Yeah, you got to look this up. up. We got to know. Oh, I, so I've been wanting to do some lettering on the back of my van, but I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to say, and I decided today. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to either, like, try and see if I, like, can try my hand at pinstriping and lettering and stuff, or just find somebody who, like, does it and can hammer it out real quick, and I'm just going to get slow as fuck painted on one of my back doors. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's it, yeah, it was, a, it was a Dodge Stealth ES. Get out. That's that's like wow. that's, oh I don't remember I don't know the stealth terminology is that that's probably like base model stealth <laughs> I think that's the base model yeah and it's got the um it's got the uh, it's got like a, a bra on the front it's got um it's got like a supercharger scoop uh you know even though it's a transverse mounted engine <laughs> well I, I doubt that the people drawing Aquatine Hunger Force did the research on that one. <laughs> I think that they did enough research to know that Carl would put a fake supercharger <laughs> on it. Fair enough. I yeah. think that was intentional. Both of these things equally likely. Yeah. Oh, I'm on the Aqua Teen Hunger Force wiki here. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I have a wiki. That's fucking awesome. According to the DVD commentary, this is actually the real car of uh, Matt uh, Mati- Matialaro, the creator of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> wow. Nice. Of course this it is. What would fucking it Chad move right there? Put your car into one of the characters like owns your car. If I ever make an animated show, which I won't, but if I ever do, I'll be driving a black 350Z. Again, I won't ever yeah. make a cartoon, so this is very low stakes for me. But uh, oh. I actually did do that when I came up with the idea for Scooby Doo. <laughs> when you were like negative twenty years old. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, I think that's all I have for my major car updates. Other than I've been waiting to spend a sh- way too much money on a Ford transmission uh, to get my truck back on the road. So in the meantime, I spent way too much money on some wheels for my WRX because I make poor financial decisions. Yep, yeah, don't we all? <laughs> I mean, do they at least look cool? They're rad as fuck. I think um, they're inky. Uh, or no, sorry, Koenig, not Anki. They're uh, Koenig lockouts uh, in bronze. They're like a real thin eight-spoke design. Yeah, I'm looking these um, up. Right they now. are. They are not like flow formed or anything oh, cool. like that. They're cast wheels, but I think they weigh about what stock does. So yeah, can. cast is affordable. Yeah, that's the truth. And I they probably. <laughs> People say, oh, if you hit a pothole, it'll break. No, no, they'll be fine. Yes, yeah. they're slightly. I hit potholes all the time in my stock wheels. They're cast. <laughs> they're, they're fine. What was this? And they're the bronze ones? Yeah. Koenig what? Nice. Lockouts. Lockouts, okay. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I went ahead and just did stock um, diameter and width with uh, a little lower offset. It's like, I think, 12 or 15 millimeter lower offset so they'll poke a little more nice in the stock should be pretty close to flush and then i also got some adjustable rear lower control arms 
because my camber bolts in the rear are maxed out and it still has camber. So try to adjust that to be less, less cambery, more, more square setup. Nice. But yeah, cool. just waiting on those to come in now. Really? I did it because I didn't want to spend $90 to put my summer tires back onto stock wheels. So instead I spent $1,500 <laughs> on wheels and parts <laughs> so I can have two sets of wheels. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've got two sets of wheels for my my uh, Sabaru. You know, I've just got steel wheels for the winter tires. Yeah, Works yeah. yeah, multiple sets is the way to go, for sure. Um, I know, I know, we're already going really long into car updates and our our constant bullshitting. But how's the um, how's the Audi and how's the Cobra? Uh, no, no change on either front there. I have really, really been meaning to jump into the Audi as soon as I can, but I've been really wrapped up in trying to get everything possible done on the Ranger that I can so yeah. that once, uh, I have that transmission back in, I can just sell it immediately. But I think I can fix, I don't know if I talked about it on here or not, but I think I can fix the Audi without pulling the engine. I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. I found a slideshow of someone doing it, not like a video, <laughs> but literally like a slideshow. Yeah. And it's like kind of like a, I don't know if you've seen that shit, like draw the rest of the owl kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where they show yeah. step one, step two, and then step 95 and it's fucking done. <laughs> but I think I can kind of piece together what needs to happen and, and do it without pulling the engine. Yeah, thank you. I need all of it that I can get. Please send me good luck and good vibes. Um and then, yeah, I've talked to the guy uh, two or three times about the Cobra and he's just like, he's got a kid and he's super busy. And apparently his dad owned like way more shit than he thought he owned before uh, he passed away. So he's just trying to go through a bunch of legal rigmarole still on that front. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, we still chat every once in a while and I keep, I don't want to be a pest to the guy, you know, yep. but I just keep telling him, I'm like, anytime, dude, anytime. I'll drive you out there. I'll pay for all the gas. I'll get you snacks, buddy. Whatever you need. <laughs> you know? no, I, He's I like, yeah, I just, uh, I, I got a lot going on. I'm like, it's cool. is, is this a handshake agreement or is it already, like, you've paid for it? It's not bought and paid for. It's a handshake okay. agreement at this point. But, you know, okay. every time I see him, because uh, he's an electrician for uh, the general contractor that I work for. So occasionally we'll, occasionally we'll be on the same uh, job site. And, you know, I'll just be like, hey, how's it going? You know, you what's the, what's the updates on it? You know, tell me how your life's going and we'll chat for a while. And I try to bring it up, but yeah, I don't, I just don't want to pester the guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm really getting a, a screaming deal on it because his dad died. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want to be bugging him every single week about it. You know, like, Hey, you remember that card that your dad <laughs> owned that's dead now? <laughs> yeah. When can I get that? Like, that seems like a pretty dick move. <laughs> so it's like, hey man, I'm really into keeping uh, your your dad's spirit alive um, <laughs> by getting this car on the road. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good way to frame. I don't it, know, actually. man. That, it's all about framing. Yeah, that dick really. move ends with you having a Cobra to drive around. So I mean, eh. <laughs> yeah. I also generally have to work with the guy like pretty regularly, so I don't want him to hate. Well, me. Also, you can piss him off enough that he says "fuck you." It's not yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He has gotten offers. He got an offer for more money from another electrician that he works with, and he just fucking hates that guy. So he's like, "No, oh. fuck him. I'm not selling it to him." Nice. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah. Hopefully he keeps. So, yeah. Hopefully he keeps quiet about to anyone else. <laughs> yeah. 
And I mean, like he he's he's a super honest guy. I see him very regularly too. You know, so if he if he turned around and you know sold it out from under me, that, that would definitely create some tension that I don't think he wants to do. Uh, and you know, he every time I talk to him about it, he's like, "Yeah, man, like it's yours. Just whenever we can get down there." But like I said, okay. he's got a young daughter. That's and, yeah. Um, You're in good shape then. So yeah, he's got he's got a bunch of shit going on and. You know, it's just gonna happen whenever it happens. So I will definitely share updates on that one whenever okay. I have them to share. <laughs> I was like, man, I th- we haven't it's heard it's constantly this in the back of my mind. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm selling y'all a tall tale here. Like, yeah, dude, I totally am gonna get a Shelby Cobra. Like for real. Like my guy, my buddy has one. But no, it's it seems like bullshit. I know, but I, I'll, you know, maybe I'll post some um, grainy photos that I have of it on the uh, Instagram channel. Yeah, it's the it's the Bigfoot of your cars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just got some photos of it in the woods as it was driving by. <laughs> but I swear it's a real. It's it's. it's no, this is actually just a Camry in a in a Cobra costume. <laughs> it's just a, it's like a Pontiac Fiero kit car. It's just made to look like a Cobra. <laughs> oh shit, that would kill me. Um, yeah, maybe um. Let me see if I can find those photos. I'll, I'll throw them up. That way, um, I don't I don't look like I'm just fucking lying through my teeth. <laughs> but yeah, uh, definitely will be given updates as soon as I can on that. Um, I'm still very much in the Ford Maverick camp too. By the way, I'm selling this Ranger and the Audi, and I'm fucking getting a Maverick. They're cool. I like them. Yeah, I th- I, it's not a bad idea. I, I've seen I it's saw one on the road or something. I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah. all for it. It's got it's got cool styling, I think. Yeah, it almost looks lifted like from the factory, like because it's so small and it, it it has like a little bit more ground clearance than you know your average like crossover or whatever. Yep. On like a small chassis, it kind of looks like it's up a little more. Yeah. Than, you know most stock cars. Well, uh, Bryant, do you want to tell us about some trikes? Yeah, let's talk about some trikes. Um, so I kind of talked a little bit about this on the last episode, but I kind of wanted to go into a little bit more detail on the 1973 oil crisis, because this was kind of the beginning for a lot of these trike projects. Uh, and some people might not know uh, about this. So in October 1973, um, the uh, Organization of Arab Petroleum Exporting Countries, or OPEC, led by Saudi Arabia, proclaimed an oil embargo as a response to uh, Israel during the Yom Kippur War. So a lot of Western countries supported Israel in this war, sold them uh, weapons, and Saudi Arabia would, and a lot of the Arab nations were not cool with that, as you can imagine. And uh, so this embargo targeted Canada, Japan, the Netherlands, the UK, and the US. Uh, And then later they expanded it to include Portugal, Rhodesia, and South Africa. Um, Good old. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) I said good old Rhodesia. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I forget that was a country. Um, I always try to forget that was a country. Yeah. 
So by the end of the embargo in March 74, the price of oil in the U.S. had risen nearly 300%. Ouch. Um, so there were big lines at gas stations. There was just, there were some times when um, they would, uh, they would like say, okay, if you have an even numbered uh, license plate number, you can buy gas on Tuesdays. And if you have an odd numbered license plate, you can buy it on Wednesdays, that kind of thing. Uh, so it was a big deal in America and it really led to a lot of it, a lot of things uh, like the popularity of mopeds, which we talked about on, you know, an episode a long time ago. And also kind of the the malaise era with uh, Jimmy Carter and telling everyone to turn down their thermostats and wear a sweater and putting solar panels on the White House and all that kind of thing. So like and then, of course, there's a backlash to that with the. Uh, with the Reagan revolution and all that. And then there's another oil shock in 1979 caused by the Iranian revolution. But this story here begins in 1974 or excuse me, uh, 1973 with a guy named Dale Clift. And he was an engineer um, in California who, you know, didn't like these high gas prices. So, uh, but he had a, he would commute via motorcycle, but that didn't work so good when the weather was bad. So he decided he wanted to make a trike that was fully enclosed out of a motorcycle. And so he got a 305 CC Honda super Hawk and built a trike on the front end of that using steel tube, uh, electrical conduit that he brazed together <laughs> into a frame. Oof, Yeah. It sounds, uh, sounds sturdy. <laughs> yeah. And then he, um, he built some suspension out of motorcycle forks for the front end, and he covered the old the whole thing in red metal flake naga hide stretched over the framework. So kind of like, that. yeah, <laughs> kind of like the Velorex, the leather co- covered uh, trike that we talked about last time. Yeah, I'm I'm about metal flake. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get metal it, flake into naga hide? I mean, it's like. I have- I have green metal flake. It's actually vinyl. Um, yeah. It's not because I think Naga Hide's like a brand or something. But like, yeah, I mean, th- think about like marine vinyl or something like that. And it's metal flake. That makes way more sense. I don't know why my brain wasn't making that connection. I It just, it sounded weird to say metal flake and then fabric. So yeah, no, that makes sense. That just took me a second. Yeah, I think I want to say Naga Hide is basically just like leather textured uh, vinyl. So um, and then this guy, uh, Dale Clift, he was uh, involved with an advertising agency where he met uh, someone named Geraldine Elizabeth Carmichael in 1974. And she thought this was a great idea to make this trike. And together they incorporated the 20th Century Motor Car Corporation uh, based off of Cliff's uh, prototype. Now, if uh, if maybe someone used to be a libertarian, they might know uh, the name of this car company. <laughs> um, I had I didn't know this, but it was uh, apparently one of the it was a, a car company in the novel Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, I already hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so they came up with a uh, a design that for a production version, and uh, it was going to be made of what Carmichael called reared in metal um or sometimes it was called uh like a a space age polymer 
Um, they had all these different marketing terms for it. Um, but in the end, it turned out to just be uh, fiberglass. So it was going to have a fiberglass shell. Space age uh, fiberglass. Yeah. <laughs> Is that uh, just any fiberglass made after like 1960? Whatever, whenever they well, made it on the moon. No, no, no. It's any fiberglass that is made by a true visionary who's a, an innovator and innovates a new material that is very much like fiberglass and also is fiberglass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, she made a lot of claims about this. Um, I So I'll say... You know, books have been written about this story. There's a like I think a four part miniseries on HBO about this. Um, there's another couple podcasts that have done like half hour or hour long podcasts about just this topic. I'm gonna try and keep it a little bit brief, but if you're curious about this, you know, she made all kinds of outrageous claims, and uh, I won't go into all of it. But well, it's she uh, was a lot like Elon Musk, except she got caught a lot sooner. Whereas Elon Musk is just like, everyone <laughs> believes it. <laughs> the story yeah, is well, unbelievably similar to Elon Musk. It's crazy. She's just yeah. Musk with worse PR. Yes. Yeah. Really. And, yeah. and she did slightly less paperwork to like file, you know, business paperwork and stuff. So it had this fiberglass shell and a 40 horsepower BMW motorcycle engine. The claimed curve weight was under 1,000 pounds, top speed of 85 miles an hour, and fuel economy of 70 miles per gallon. And uh, Carmichael went on record to say that she drove into a wall at 30 miles an hour, and there is no damage to the car or herself. <laughs> I didn't even hear that claim. <laughs> um, wild. Well, that's yeah. brilliant. Um. Wait. Like, was this a safety test or she's just was bad at driving? No, or? this was a lie. I, well, I'm assuming yeah. this was a lie. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't okay. know if this is on purpose or what. I don't know if I if I should have just immediately assumed lie, but I'm like, why would you why would you even do that? Oh, pre presumably to test it. Oh, see, yeah. look, well, the same way Elon, which there's an almost identical story, like when they were presenting this car they did something almost exactly like elon musk in the fucking window debacle where oh yeah they're bulletproof windows <laughs> smashes the window something almost identical i can't remember what it was but like something yeah totally like that so happened. She, she claimed that the windows were made out of this like space age polymer plastic stuff <laughs> and she made like a like a plastic cup out of this material and took it to a firing range <laughs> and shot a gun at it and of course it just shattered into a million pieces <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, day yesterday. <laughs> so um let's see in november 1974 she was talking to the chicago sun times and said uh she was on the way to taking on general motors or any other car manufacturer for that matter uh she claimed she had millions of dollars in backing from private parties and also a 150,000 square foot corporate office in encino um, so in J late January of 1975, uh, 20th century salesman and former public relations representative William D. Miller was found murdered in his Encino office, the victim of four gunshot wounds to the head. The prime suspect was fellow employee Jack Oliver, who it was soon discovered had previously served time with Miller at, in San Quentin prison. 
And it's not clear the motive of this. Um, some were saying that uh, that Miller was uh, threatening to kill a um, government regulator who was snooping in on their business. And um, Oliver tried to stop him. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, it brought a lot of uh, more scrutiny on the business. Which, to be clear, um, I think uh, from from the story that I understood... Like the um, the founder Elizabeth uh, was like just a wild uh, Ayn Randian like fucking maniac and would like oh fuck the government in every way but like yeah. not in a cool way but just like I'm not gonna do any of the paperwork I need to I'm not gonna like follow labor laws I'm not gonna all of that shit and like so there was some regulator snooping around but she had created a culture that was just like ant so anti-regulation that somebody i think was trying to kill a regulator <laughs> right like <laughs> yeah you said like he they, they were talking about killing a regulator and i'm like that is the most libertarian ass shit i have ever heard <laughs> yes yeah so that's uh it's again this is the briefest of brief uh tellings of this story but it is wild <laughs> but you know, yeah. based on the trajectory of our current timeline, I feel like libertarian terrorism is all but inevitable. Yeah. I mean, that's already happening, kind of. Uh, well, yeah, I guess that's just the uh, what, what, uh, what the uh, sovereign citizen guys. Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Now that I have framed it that way, I just feel more horrified about life. Yep. You're welcome. Um. Let's but see. We so call it libertarianism. <laughs> That's a good good uh, nomenclature. So despite all this, in 1975, a non-functional model of the Dale was displayed at Los Angeles Auto Show. Uh, by the way, I don't know if I said this, but they were going to call the car the Dale after um, Dale Clift, the guy that came up with the prototype. Um, it's not what I would have called it. <laughs> yeah, but it's a terrible name, uh, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's a great name. But uh, this was pre Dale yeah. Earnhardt, so it's a yeah. terrible name. No, no, you just—it was an innovative way to do things, and you just aren't caught up yet on the innovationness of it. Yeah. Well, and if it had stuck around and been sold in Latin America, it could have been called the Dale and been promoted by Pitbull. But <laughs> oh well. Um, anyways, uh, of <laughs> gusanos. Uh, it was also featured as a prize on the Price is Right, uh, but they did not win it because they did not guess the price, which I think was going to be around two thousand um, dollars claimed. So, around this time, they were encountering increasing legal troubles with the California Corporations Department. Uh, who ordered them to stop offering stock for public sale because they had no business permit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they had uh, some TV reporters in investigating. And uh, around this time, um, you know, Clift said he still believed in the project, but he was promised $3 million in royalties, but he had only received... One thousand and one dollars plus another Which, check. Sorry. Every step of this story gets more and more libertarian. 
he, he also received another check for two thousand dollars, which which bounced. <laughs> Again, there it is, more libertarian. <laughs> Uh, around this time, he went and talked to Carmichael and said, hey, what's what's going on? And she's like, uh, you're done with this company. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, they should have changed their name from Carmichael to Trike Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so um, follow, following accusations of financial and proprietary, um, Carmichael was charged with 31 counts of grand theft, fraud, and corporate security violations. And she, uh, I think she fled to Florida at one point. And at this point, it was discovered that she was transgender, uh, which some saw as further evidence of her fraud, which, you know, it seemed to be just her real identity. Um, And it was just, uh, it happened, she happened to be transgender. She wasn't trying to hide her gender. She was just a weird libertarian fraudster who happened to be transgender. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say that very emphatically, you know. One of the journalists who outed her as transgender was ABC reporter Dick Carlson, who had previously outed transgender tennis player uh, Dr. Renee Richards, uh, went on to be the director of Voice of America and Radio Marti, the U.S. government-funded anti-communist propaganda radio stations. And he is also the father of Tucker Carlson. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. cool guy. Um, And here we and now and that brings us to today. (laughs) Isn't it wonderful? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Now, part of that Tucker Carlson fell very far from that. (laughs) Because he definitely is not a rabid transphobe who continuously spews right wing propaganda at all. Yeah. So, um, so Carmichael skipped bail, went into hiding, uh, but she was featured on a 1989 episode of Unsolved Mysteries and uh, was eventually found working at a flower shop in the town uh, or the suburb of Austin called Dale, Texas. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, Do right. it for Dale. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and she was arrested, extradited back to California, tried and sent to prison for 18 months in a men's prison, uh, which really sucks. Uh, she was eventually um, able to get the court to recognize her as a woman, but it took a big fight. And then she served uh, she served those 18 months and then she went back to Texas and ran uh, a flower shop um, for a long time with her children and eventually died of cancer in 2004. And then Dale Clift, who was not really involved with any of this fraud, um, eventually, you know, did his engineering business. He, he had a, a company called the Dale Development Company, and he died in 1981. So that is the story of the Dale. It's a it's an interesting one. And like I said, um, if you want to know more about this, the regular car reviews did a, a podcast about it. That's that's pretty interesting. Um, like I said, there's also that book. I forget the name of it, but I'll put it in the show notes. There's the shorter version um, done by Donut Media. That's uh, that's pretty good, too. Yeah, I actually recently watched that one. I'm going to have to check that out. This actually sounds pretty pretty wild. 
Yeah. You can see James Pumphrey uh, say, fuck Tucker Carlson, which definitely <laughs> made me feel really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're actually all right over there. They're, they're, pretty, they're yeah. pretty decent. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who watch their shit and just like don't quite get that. Like, yeah, they're they're talking about you. You're the asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm sure people have uh, plenty of cognitive dissonance about that. But yeah, they, they did a good job with the story. Um, yeah, it was just a fraudster. And the the trans identity part of this was just such an unfortunate like part of the story that it's like. That's not the reason this person's a fraudster. It's, but like, yeah. of course, it, it was treated that way, which is just super shitty. It was the late 70s, so you can imagine like the worst of the worst um, in, in terms of trans acceptance at that point. So, uh, yeah, just, just an unfortunate part of the story. Yeah. I mean, it. you know, regardless of what she or didn't do it sucks that you know our prison system is what it is uh but frankly i was surprised that she was eventually able to get moved to a women's prison that was frankly a little and let's also don't ignore how fucked up that the media chose to out her yeah right yeah. like fuck that just so hard yeah. yeah and then twist that as like evidence that you know oh of course she's a fraudster you know just that that's 100 percent media fabrication just to uh you know put transgender people in a category of being a fraud and using that as evidence right that she is a fraud you yeah. know it, it was bullshit yeah i mean that that was back when like trans like uh trans issues were not well understood or or, or like established like they are now where like everybody knows what trans people are and just most of them want to murder. Them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a different, it is a different oh, kind progress. of, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, there's been plenty of other, you know, uh, normal, not fraudulent companies making trikes in the intervening uh, time, but I'm going to skip ahead to 2009 uh, when a guy named Paul Elio founded Elio Motors and with designs to produce an aerodynamic tadpole trike for commuters. And uh, this has a, or had, I'm, I'm not really sure how to describe uh, <laughs> which tends to use for this, but it, uh, it had a 900cc three-cylinder engine based off of uh, the one from a Geo Metro, nice. which would produce uh, 55 horsepower, All right. get 84 miles per gallon highway Holy and shit. 49 city. Oh, that's great. I would drive that. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this was kind of cool because it has, it's um, what they call a, uh, a tandem sitting seating arrangement. So it's one in front of the other. So it has, it's a little, it's a lot narrower than let's say the Dale, which was side by side. And so it's more aerodynamic. And this was a little bit more of a modern design. It has front wheel drive. It's more car based. Um, you know, power windows, cruise control, air conditioning, airbags, anti-lock brakes, traction control, steel unibody frame, crumple zones. What you? It's basically yeah. just a car with three wheels. You know. What 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 was it called again? Elio, E L I O. Okay. And the base price was going to be uh, seven thousand four hundred fifty. 
and uh, they started taking deposits and they said they were they weren't going to do the traditional dealer network. They were going to have maintenance done under warranty at Pet Boys locations, <laughs> which I don't know if I trust that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so they started taking deposits for planned production in 2012, but this date kept getting pushed back further and further as they struggled to find funding. So as of uh, September 2021, Elio announced that a new electric motor design was going to be the focus and they're going to ditch the gas motor, but they have not posted any updates since then. But they say, you know, just as soon as we get, you know, another half million dollars or whatever, we're totally going to do this guys. Yeah. They're, they're so, still around. I mean, I'm, I'm on their website. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of like this. I'm like, I want it. I mean, not really, but yeah. also kind of, I, I would. I feel like I should hate this a lot, but it's, but I will tolerate it. It's kind of cool. I mean, yeah, it looks, it's it, okay. I agree with you. It's just, it's not for me in even the Vegas way, but yeah, it is kind of cool. I don't think I would fit in that. Yeah. It, it looks, it's tiny, but like, I'm all for it. If, if me, I, I hope to see these on the road. It's kind of cool. It's a, it's actually pretty funny how it is literally just like a miniature inline car. It looks like a Ford Focus, but like if you squeezed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is in the category of I hope they succeed, but I'm not going to put a deposit down on one anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the website does now say that their targeted MSRP for the electric one is fourteen nine, So mm. it is doubled in price and still nothing. Yeah. Well, uh, on the road. if that's current, then in their defense, food is doubling at price True. too. So, <laughs> yeah. True. I guess everything is at this point. Hey, capitalism, am I right? <laughs> Woohoo, this is the best system ever. This is easily a tangent that we could go on for the next six hours. So, Brian, continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, at the 2019 Geneva Auto Show, an Estonian company debuted the Nobe GT100, uh, spelled N-O-B-E. It's the electric tadpole trike with all three wheels driven by their own motor and sort of a retro 1960s styling. It looks kind of like an old Alfa Romeo. Cool. Designed in, in Estonia by a, com- a company founder, Roman uh, Muljar, I think that's how you pronounce it, in 2017, uh, the Nobe's projected specifications include a weight of 1100 pounds a range of 180 miles and a top speed of 80 miles an hour and uh it was featured on crowdsourcing campaigns uh on indiegogo and funded by me which i've never heard of that one so controversy surfaced regarding the automaker when an investigative report on the Estonian news program. Oh, I'm not going to even try to pronounce that. Um, <laughs> found criminal charges and past bankruptcies associated with the CEO. Uh, in addition to complaints by shareholders about his ability to run a business. <laughs> so this is Estonian Lordstown. <laughs> <laughs> sure seems that way. Um, but I mean, this is, I, I do like the design. Like it it's does cool. look cool. It, it does look cool. Yeah. I will, I will say that. And, and one of the, I think optional features they had was a built-in espresso machine. Which... <laughs> I want, I want one now. Fuck. Yeah. 
Um, so going backwards a little bit to 2005, um, Steve Fambro and Chris Anthony founded Aptera Motors to produce an aerodynamic electric tadpole trike. The company folded or went bankrupt in 2011 when they failed to secure a loan from the Department of Energy, which, by the way, Tesla was had no problem getting this uh, loan. Um, and eventually the intellectual property was bought by a Chinese automaker, uh, Zhang Jiang Zhanwei. However, uh, this company never filed the paperwork to take over the intellectual property, um, which allowed uh, Fambro and Anthony to take that property back and revive the company in 2019. All right, I'm going to so, keep it. I'm going to keep it totally real here. I don't. I didn't think the Chinese ever gave a shit about the intellectual property anyway. I mean, like <laughs> that's they're like, hey, we we paid money for it. We who cares about the paperwork? It's ours now. We're gonna make it. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe they're using some of this technology in China, but they don't have they don't have it filed with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Oh, yeah. Who, okay. Oh, so. oh, they didn't ask the U.S. if it's okay. All right. Well, fuck them. Who cares? I always thought that the the deal with China is. Yeah, you can come and do business here, but the cost is we steal your shit and we use it. You're doing half the engineering for us. That's the goal. That's yeah. It's honestly, it's one of the things about the Chinese economy that I respect the most. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Okay. It's cheaper to do stuff here, but we're gonna we're gonna benefit from it. (laughs) We're getting something else here. So, huh? I'm surprised that China, Xi Jinping, just start making this. What are you What are you waiting for? Just build a factory yeah. in two days, which we know you can do. Build a factory in two days and start making this. You'd give them like nine days. <laughs> <laughs> so the the current model that they're designing and making prototypes for right now is uh, is made with a lightweight sandwich composite construction. So I think it's like um. It's like a honeycomb, fiberglass, and and uh, Kevlar sort of composite. Cool. Um, it weighs eighteen hundred pounds and has a 0.13 drag coefficient, which means it is two point five times more aerodynamic than a Tesla Model Three. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's it seems heavy though. Yeah, I mean it is heavier for compared uh, to than, trikes. In terms of right. what we've seen on some of these other trikes, it's it's a little on the heavier end. I'm, it is a little bit bigger because it's got a longer sort of tail for the aerodynamics. What's this one called? And it's again? a sorry, Aptera, which um, I think I think in Latin means like uh, f- like flightless bird or something like that. Oh, it looks cool as fuck though. Oh, yeah. I want one of these. <laughs> also, an, an interesting thing, and I, I know this specifically from cycling, like bicycling. There are times when the trade off for something being heavier but more aerodynamic is a net gain that's yeah. fair and like with with that low of a friction coefficient or a drag coefficient like that thing could add a couple hundred pounds and just you would barely know yeah if it. you're look if you're listening to our podcast i highly recommend you 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 take a minute and look this up because this thing looks cool as fuck and i believe it, it looks very aerodynamic it's cool yeah they they claim, or at least one of the people involved with it claimed that it's more aerodynamic than a bicycle, which I kind of have my doubts about that. Like maybe better drag coefficient, but it definitely has more frontal area than a than a um, 
bicycles. So I don't know, like that's how you calculate drag is there's a, an equation with frontal area and, and uh, drag coefficient to get the actual mm -hmm. drag. Yeah, but so, uh, he's just like a really big dude was sitting on the bicycle at the time. <laughs> yeah, like so, so much of the the drag of on a bicycle is the person. It's right. all of it. Um, yeah, well, uh, fair. bicycles are almost nothing. But yeah, so I it, like I don't know if that's honest, but I find it believable. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a very it looks aerodynamic, at least they could fool me. So all right, I'm, I'm going to start. Sell hold on. I'm going to start selling this. I'm going to become a paid sponsor or whatever for this fucking app to this they claim don't know if it's true but uh, apparently it, it gets terrible sponsoring all right <laughs> <laughs> this is why i'm not yeah, in marketing um it does claim a thousand miles on a single charge and 40 miles of solar power driving per day so it has solar yeah. panels very cool i'm into it yeah, and I think that's for the top of the line model. the The base model is 250 miles range, and uh, an MSRP of twenty six thousand dollars. Which, Yo. if they can pull that off, oh. uh, I'd be impressed. But I have my doubts about that. I'm getting ready. Like to, anytime, I'm getting ready to put in a fucking uh, pre order. <laughs> like they're they're now. they're hand making this out of carb like uh, Kevlar composite, like. That that shit ain't cheap. Like zero, you know, zero to sixty in three point five seconds. Okay, I love this. I'm I'm into this now. Yeah, that's for the fifty thousand dollar model, I believe. Whatever. I'm. I'm. But yeah, it. no. I mean, I'm gonna get the some, specs look cool. I'm gonna get some so. coilovers. I'm gonna lower it, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna. Be I'm gonna get this so that I can have both sides of the spectrum of aerodynamics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, there was also going to be, for the Dale, a station wagon version. <laughs> a three-wheeled station wagon. Oh, that seems, wagon. yeah, if you, uh, lo if you load the back wrong, that's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so the, the Aptera, it also has uh, in-wheel hub motors, which, I don't know, we talked on the Lordstown episode about how I'm a little skeptical of that technology. Oh, but um, very much so. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But looking at it, it looks so cool. I'm I'm captivated. I just want it. <laughs> I I, I yeah. shouldn't look any further into it, but it's cool. I mean, they claim that the the hub wheels give it uh, you know better torque and better efficiency, but I just have to think that all that unsprung yeah, weight hit would a bump. be a problem. Yeah, hit a bump. Yeah. <laughs> You'll feel different. <laughs> and it and it looks like they didn't really have a whole lot covering the innards of the motor. So, like, I don't know, like, if a little, like, I think we talked about this, a little bit of sand or dirt gets in there, it could really fuck it up. So. Seems, yeah, seem, seems seems like a reasonable uh, fear. Yeah. So, the, the base model is front-wheel drive only, and then the uh, top of the line has three hub motors with 200 horsepower. Um, and like you said, range of 1,000 miles. I want 200 horsepower in something this light and aerodynamic is bananas. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. I got something to say about that. We'll, 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 we'll come back. Yeah, to dude, that. that's like, that's, that's making me assume that there's probably like a top speed of like 200 miles an hour or something. Probably not literally, but that, that's a lot for something that aerodynamic. I don't know if Brian, yeah. I don't know if it's in your notes, but if not, I have something. Um, Cause I was looking up the specs while we started this recording. So I'm like, I gotta know. And 200 horsepower with, 
very unimpressive specs. Uh, so I've got one on my <laughs> sleeve, which you will be like, how is that possible? And I, I've, I've just got a little bit more on the business side of things. Okay. Um, so it, they began accepting pre-orders in December of 2020. And in December of 2021, they said that they began construction on a 80,000 square foot factory and were confident to begin supplying vehicles in the later part of 2022. It says as of January, 2022, they are wrapping up their beta model testing and working on a gamma design for the last six months. And then once Band that in the is beta done, model and go with the Chad model. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then they're going to wrap that up, wrap up testing and begin pre-production pretty soon here, uh, which includes, you know, interior airbags, air conditioning, all that kind of stuff. So that's where things are at. But what do you got on this, Connor? So <clears throat> I was going to bring up the um, Polaris Slingshot. Because oh yeah, I don't know if uh, you guys see those by you, but I see them all the time here in the Chicago area. So that's another, I think, tadpole style um, trike. Yeah. So there's you know your two front wheels, one rear wheel. I think the front wheels are driven, but I haven't looked into it. I don't, I don't care that much. But I've always wondered, like, I think it's, I think they're rear wheel drive. I'm not sure about that. Well, in any case, you know, I, I've wondered, you know, how much do these cost, and what are they, what are they capable of? You know what I mean? Because they look certainly interesting they're more of a trying to be a motorcycle than like an enclosed thing i guess you can buy a roof for them but really they're they're kind of like open cockpit like a bike and you sit side by side and so like the first like base model starts around twenty thousand. i think the top of the line one's like 35 so they're on the expensive side and i looked up like the specs like they come with a like a two liter four cylinder engine and it does say rear wheel drive. So the two liter puts out 200 horsepower, which is pretty fucking decent revs over eight, a little over 8,000 RPM. Um, and the zero to 60 is 4.9 seconds, which damn, no, that's slow as shit. Like how well, it's a lot faster than any car I've owned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, my zero to 60 is eventually, <laughs> yeah, but when you consider, th so the curb weight of this thing, it's showing as 1,600 pounds with 200 horsepower, and it's like around 5 seconds, 0 to 60? That seems very slow. I mean, how, that's, that weighs nothing. I mean, I'm, is it just because it's only driving the one rear wheel and they just can't get it to hook up? I can't imagine that's, that, so can't that can't possibly be what it is. I don't know, but I'm like, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm like, I, uh, I forget what a Miata weighs, but a Miata weighs what, what, 23, 2400? Yeah, around uh, that. And a Miata with 200 horsepower, I think would go faster than this. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It's just this, all the other trikes we were talking about seemed like they were, all, they were slow, but they didn't have 200 horsepower. Yeah. This seems very slow for 200 horsepower. Um, and sixteen hundred pounds, and awfully expensive for. I, I get. I mean, it's kind of a toy. It's not really made to right. be much of a commuter. I don't think, but I don't know. It seems seems pretty disappointing. I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, I always thought these were like super fast." And no, they're just kind of expensive and not that cool. I mean, 
but but like uh what i was saying about the other thing is like the electric one oh what was that the aptera yeah the aptera yeah like with that level of aerodynamic i was saying top speed not necessarily acceleration yeah but i mean no you were right just that's that thing almost certainly is fast this no the slingshot is kind of a disappointment i i just think because like this is around the zero to 60 of like a 2003 350z and those are slow cars stock oh my god they're slow um i think you know they were uh five and a half seconds or something zero to 60 but um they also weigh 3300 fucking pounds <laughs> okay i mean it's it's a fucking hog and it can it can get up to that speed pretty quick. So this thing, I was just like, this is unimpressive for something that weighs sixteen hundred pounds. With that much power, I feel like you should really fucking move. So I don't know, kind of lame. Yeah, I thought they were. I don't want to say I ever really thought they were cool, but like cool adjacent. Maybe they could be. They could be intriguing at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm reading this, and I'm like, yeah, this is wholly disappointing for that kind of money in a useless vehicle. That's like you can't really use for, you know, commuting around or getting groceries and stuff for a toy. Go yeah. buy an old Miata and put a fucking, you know, turbo on it from eBay. That's fun. That's living. This, this, there's is- another one that I, sorry, there's another one that I looked at that was, I kind of skipped over cause I thought it was not that interesting called the Campagna T-Rex, uh, which is made in, um, in Quebec. Uh, and it's been produced since 1988 with various different motorcycle engines. And it's a pretty similar design, but it has a little bit better performance. It's like 160 horsepower, um, around 11 or 1200 pounds, depending on which year it is. And um, I don't have a zero to 60 mile, uh, time for it, but it is uh, 3.2 seconds. Yeah. And it's, so that's, yeah, see, that's, 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 yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. And they were doing that decades before this fucking expensive ass slingshot. That's what I'm talking about. This right. is a disappointment. They should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. They're also saying that they're going to have a, an electric model coming up soon of that one. So very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because like the, the 200 horsepower still being slow thing could be like weird gearing or like, I don't even know, but that doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, yeah. Cool. Whatever the reason is. Oh, we put oh well, we we had a good fast car, but then we put fucking stupid gears in it because uh, I don't know we're stupid. <laughs> like fuck you. What do you? Well, I don't know. Like I'm just thinking like if they meant to make it more as a, like a highway cruiser, so your power doesn't really come in super low end. Right. I mean, I don't know if you, say, if I buy does not have any torque. Like do you know the torque uh, it does say the torque is, is give you the torque is one forty four pound feet. So. It's not that yeah, high. For, for what that is, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not that it's, high, but it's, it's not a lot of weight to get going. That's, so yeah, you that's, think 144 would hook up pretty good. And, yeah, that's... And at least that's, get it moving fast. What did, what did you say, 5.9 or 4.9 seconds? Uh, 4.9. 4.9, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's pathetic. It's got to be a weird gear. It, it makes me think of the way that, like, 300 horsepower in a modern car versus 300 horsepower in something I would own feels like completely different things i agree yeah yeah but this is like a fairly modern company they should be able to design it so that it's 
operates like a modern normal vehicle. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, like, look. Yeah. Um, You're not wrong. Yeah, a Lotus, wrong. right? Lotuses don't make that much power. They use Corolla engines, and maybe they make 250, but, like, they weigh, well, I mean, probably not much more than this. <laughs> Incredible. But, <laughs> um, you know, still, theoretically, they weigh more than this, and they're faster. I mean, so this is just, I don't know, disappointing. And like I said, you want to make a good highway cruiser. I'm like, this is not good commuter vehicle like i never see these on my way to work it's you see these on the weekends or this is somebody's toy and if i'm buying a toy i don't want a good fucking highway (laughs) if i bought a toy i want to go fucking fast (laughs) i want it yeah i want the thing to snap my neck off the yeah yeah and this (laughs) like i want it to hurt yeah and this doesn't do it for for this kind of money i'm just like you could buy anything else Go buy your fast, cool, practical. Pick none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my cars. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No, my shit's actually surprisingly practical and very cool, but slow as fuck. I will say a, a WRX hatchback is surprisingly practical. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, any hot hatch. Shit in there. Yeah, any hot hatch. Oh, yeah. I love those those um, that era of WRX hatchback. Ugh. I got a friend who finally got one. It was one. the best looking one. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best looking one by a mile. I agree. Like, don't at me. It's the best. Y'all suck. I agree. <laughs> with your with your bug eyes, I don't care. <laughs> but anyway, I think uh, counterpoint yeah. Savaru. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I I do like the Sabru. I think it's cool that it's unique. But every time I look at one, I'm just like, that's a dentist car. <laughs> Maybe it's just because it's a Saab. But like the body lines and everything, it's just like, yeah, someone someone drives that. That is a gigantic nerd. <laughs> well, yeah, guilty as charged. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's just not my style. It's you know, yeah. You're a huge nerd. It's cool. It's a cool car. I I give it props. But yeah, no, it's just I the the eleven to fourteen WRX looks mean. Yeah, it looks like a tuner car. I agree. But and I'm not saying that mine thing. looks good. Mine looks like a piece of shit. But there are other ones that look cool. So that's fair. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's all, all right. I had on the slingshot. So um, yeah, I don't know trikes and trikes and bikes and whatever. Interesting and scams and scams yeah. always yeah. scams. In case anyone cared, uh, just to like interject this completely meaningless fact in there. In case anyone cared, the Compagna Campagna T Rex is the one that Rob Deerdeck had. In like Robin Big, if y'all ever watched like Robin Big or uh, Rob Deerdeck's other show that he had before uh, ridiculousness, he had the T Rex in it, and I always thought they were really cool when I was a kid. Huh? But, and didn't didn't Brian from Street Fight talk about how he kind of wanted a slingshot at some point, or was that someone else? Maybe, but I don't remember that. I don't one. know. Okay. I mean, Brian mind. says he wants a lot of things. He kind of just. Have to ignore it <laughs> until he goes through with it. Yeah, yeah like five percent right. of the show is what different thing he wants this week. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, gotta love it though. It's mostly Legos, though. So, oh, of course we love it. It's it's why we have a show. <laughs> yeah. Never forget, listeners. We all met through Street Fight. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you updated on any more uh, three wheeled scams that we find in the future. But I think that's all we got for now. Anything else before we uh, wrap up, guys? Nope, that's it for me. I actually got to be heading out the door pretty much now. 
So all right, adios, Brandon. We killed it time wise. Fuck it, we did Sweet. it. We did it for once. This is the first time we've ever yeah. finished on time. Most efficient episode ever recorded. Also, <laughs> yeah. surprisingly yeah. long for having been as efficient as we were. <laughs> <laughs> it's just we have so much content to jam in there. Yeah, we're just <sighs> bursting with con- content at all times. The most podcast per podcast available anywhere on this planet. <laughs> Be- better than Real those. Parts. Better than those anarcho tech guys. Yeah, fuck them. Guys, guys, yeah, they need to find a real ideology. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Follow us on social media and stuff, and I don't know. Rate and review our podcast if you like our show, especially because we now have some yeah. competition. So you know. Give us a good rating, I guess. Yeah, it's not like we're making any money. Keep us in that number one slot of this tiny niche. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, take care. All right, good night. Bye now. Bye. Capitalism works if it works at all because it always has socialism to bail it out and, and to subsidize it. Ask any race, any real race. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. In the 1980s, 50 corporations controlled most news media in America. By 1992, that number shrunk to two dozen. And today, only six corporations control 90% of everything Americans see, hear, and read. The money spent on the Iraq war alone, which killed one million people, 5% of Iraq's entire population, and planted the seeds for ISIS to flourish, could have covered all global investments to halt climate change trends.